Welcome to episode four of Dyson Pixels, season four. I was waiting. I was just, what? I wanted to see how long before you fucked it up. And it was like <laughs> four seconds. <laughs> it was like four seconds. <laughs> Ah, yes, welcome to Dyson Pixels, episode uh, three of season two. This is Cubal. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, and this is Puck. <laughs> We've got a pretty good show for you tonight. Uh, we will be checking out tabletop game Dragonwood. Uh, I'll be looking at the Steam indie game Jalopy, which is in early access. Ugh, early access. Uh, Puck's going to be checking out Lit the Torch, and we'll also be chatting a bit around the history of the Australian game development industry. Yeah, so uh, what what you got going on this week, Pat? Uh All sorts of things, actually. We've got some very uh, uh, exciting goings-on at the moment over at Touch Potato. Oh, I heard your potatoes are literally bouncing with excitement. But um... uh, Yes, yes. So uh, we should have an announcement sometime in the next week. Uh, that's going to mean a lot for our Brisbane players and developers. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. This is going to help not just the players for the uh, tabletop. This is going to help the video game developers as well. Mm-hmm. So this would be good. This would be a good announcement. Um, what have I been up to? I don't know. I'm trying to get to... Uh, we were going to have uh, Spence as a uh, guest host on the show this week, but he's uh, lazy. So he'll be on next week. Oh, with that, onto the news. Something I thought you might like to pick on. Because <laughs> I... Know how much you like to pick. Um, is it Nintendo? Nintendo? It is. Nintendo Switch <laughs> launches, uh, launches early in March, in March the 3rd. And um, I was hoping... Okay, there's some... Some people have raised concerns over the new console, uh, mainly because it they had to escape the problems that plagued the launch of the Wii. I, they launched it and nobody cared. And then people continued to not care. Yeah, but they've uh, taken an interesting tact with it where instead of avoiding the mistakes of the past, they have simply repeated them. Yes, but in a different way. The problem is this time... The, the, one of the big things was a problem with the launch of the, uh, the, the Wii U is everyone was waiting to hear about what they're doing with online services and they said nothing. And then they really didn't have anything that worked, like no con- consistent accounts. Games were locked to your machine. So you couldn't take your game and play it in another machine. Nope. Um, and let's, and this, let's not even talk about the profile system and friend system. This is this is the thing that uh, people are concerned about. Actually, the the thing I said about the uh, the game's not coming with you. That's a Switch thing. But yeah, they seem to have created more issues and carried over some of the issues with online play to the thing. Well, I hope they don't, because I kind of I kind of want them to do well. But yeah, yeah, I I'm over it. And it's Sega I, that died. Sega died. Why did Sega die? I liked them, man. Oh, okay. <sighs> so Sega, I heard a fantastic way of describing Sega. Sega is a band-aid that somebody very slowly pulled off of their arm, pulling off pulling out every hair painfully. And that twenty and they did this for twenty years, starting when the original Sonic got released. That's Sega. That's Probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, they had some. They had some good consoles there. Then Nintendo kind of ate them, which are uh, oh, okay. Um, Do you but, know Nintendo has a uh, a an office in Melbourne? 
know? Did anyone know that Nintendo had an office in Melbourne? Do the employees know that there's an office in Melbourne? Why is there know. an office in Melbourne? What do they do there? Development? I don't know. Hope not. I just, I just found the director of operations at Nintendo. Are you linkedin people from Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah, I just, just don't curious do that. Many, yeah, he's it's him with a horse. That's his picture. So uh, while Nintendo should be developing new technologies and exciting things, they're riding horses now. He worked for he worked for Activision in two thousand two. Was Activision still a company in two thousand two? Yeah, Activision's they? they're still around now. Name one. Name one that game they've made in the last ten years. Call of Duty. That did they? Bam! Lawyered, <laughs> bitch! <laughs> yeah! Yes. Yes, so the publisher of Call of Duty, man. All <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I didn't realize um, I did that. <laughs> some of those... Old, you do know um, Epic Epic kind of went away and made, made engines for a while, but Apogee came back recently. Oh, did they? Yeah, they just appeared out of nowhere. Um, 3D Realms is still kind of slowly circling the drain. They kind of just won't die. I don't really know what they're doing now. Um, so, um, so listeners, we're going to do the news a little bit differently this week, and we're going to ram as much gaming news as we can. We've already talked about the, the Switch, so we know, we know the uh, Switch is coming like that. So uh, yeah. we're going we're gonna to alternate turns, and we're going to just ram as much game news out there as you can possibly get. So, so uh, Puck, you ready? You ready? You ready to okay. go? Ready? Okay. Go. Do you want to go? go first? No, you go. Go. Okay, I'll go. Okay, okay. So, uh, it's not it's not quite Australian-based, but uh, somebody might start carrying in Australia. Uh, the new the, the Xbox One S is back on special for 200 bucks American, if someone wants to try and find it in America. Okay, game from our new Steam. Steam Australia Relevant is starting to add 10% GST to video game prices in Australia. So. <laughs> Boo! Okay, on a happier one, guess who's going to be promoting the Nintendo Switch? John Cena. <laughs> what? I don't have any words for that. <laughs> go on, go, 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 your turn. Uh, um, 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 um. Uh, news, release news, Mass Effect Andromeda, I believe, was actually pushed back a couple days. Still launching at the end of this month now. That is coming out soon. Your turn again. Uh, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Heroes of the Storm. Um, so pretty much all the major Blizzard titles, except for Diablo, will not work on uh, XP uh, after this year. Like Windows XP? Yeah, Windows XP. They're losing support. Anything? Oh, sorry. Windows XP or Vista. You have to be on Windows 7 or upwards. Otherwise, they just mm. won't work. Um, oh, uh, in the news in the failure of Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch is a game that has been developed pre-release of the Nintendo Switch, which is already too big for its built-in memory and is unplayable. So... Well, I have another Nintendo Switch one. Maybe we should just make this the Nintendo Switch game. The, the Nintendo Switch bag. Yeah. Okay, so 100% of the games that are slotted for release uh, on the Nintendo Switch, there's 33 of them. That's it. Yeah. That's all. And mo- uh, a lot of those are actually reprises of like old Steam indie titles and games from about 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. One of them's fucking World of Goo. Like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, that and was one a good o- game, but it's oh, old. Come on. Yeah, and one of, th- uh, one of them's called 1-2 Switch, which I'm pretty sure is like a tutorial. Uh, another one's Super Bomberman. Two of them are Minecraft. Like, yeah. So let's two say... <laughs> Hang on, two yeah. of them? Yeah, well, one of them is Minecraft, and one of them is Minecraft Story Mode. Like, why are those separate games? Um, yeah. I mean, one of them is The Binding of Isaac. Like, why? 
Old, old, old games. No one's going to play this on a Wii. So let's say there's like 10 games. I've got another one. Uh, I've got no, nothing else I can bag on the Switch yet. But Battlefield 1, there's an Easter egg that people have been trying to get to the bottom of for ages, right? Somebody did it and it was fucking dog tag and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> I love the developers of that. Um, uh, I think that's it, but I'll round up with one more that I just found then. Uh, Civilization 6, they're making in Australia. You can actually play on Australia now. There's new Power Rangers uh, RPG launching. Oh, there is? Mm-hmm. Nap will be all over that. Yep. Um... <laughs> It's called. It's called. I know how much he loves the Power Rangers. <laughs> it's called Chroma Squad. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> ill decided. Um, yeah. Yes. Well. Anyway, <clears throat> one of the things I thought yeah. would be an interesting thing to go through on this show is actually a little bit of a brief history for the maybe for the tabletop gamers out there, or maybe for the people that don't really know what the indie gaming and gaming landscape is has, will be, was, like, in Australia um, yeah. over the past 15 or 16 years or so. Um, because I've kind of... Australia's interesting to me. It's, it's a country that gives very little support. That's not the right word. It's a country that gives absolutely no support whatsoever to game developers. Oh, people in Australia don't really care about anything. Not really. No. No, I'm not talking about the population. I'm talking about the people that run the place. Um, the management don't really care. So, if you look back... Okay, what would you say from what you know? Uh, <laughs> that limited cup of tea that that is. Um, mm. I'll stop now. I'm going to get kicked in the face. But who would you say is Australia's oldest running um, game development company? I was wrong. Activision. I guess <laughs> right. Right, okay. So, yeah. Is it Activision? No. No. No, it's not. It's not Activision. Um, what Pretty I was going to say is... No, I was... No. Apogee. I always thought it was Chrome. I always thought it was Chrome, but it's the not browser. They, no, not they the don't browser. Make, they, don't make, they don't make games. Browser games don't count. So anyway... <laughs> no, it's not Activision. No, um, Chrome with a K. Brisbane-based studio. Um, they are who I thought was Australia's oldest uh, game developer because I came familiar with them ages and ages ago. They've made a whole series of games. They made the game I mentioned, I think it was last week, uh, Blade Kitten, oh, which right. was similar for, to the one. Yeah, they've been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been around for yeah, quite a while, right and they they got quite big for for a uh, small stage. Like they started up in about 1999, and they progressively got bigger. They bought a studio in Adelaide, then they opened a studio in Melbourne, and then around about 2006, they bought a. Um, oh, sorry, the one in the one in uh, Melbourne that they bought was Melbourne House. If you've ever come across any games created by that, they made a really cool game called Death Cars, which I still fantasize about. Um, yeah, so they bought that to expand their operations. They ended up with about three or four studios. They were doing some big stuff, and then came 2009, which uh, was the period some people understand as the GFC and other people understand is the mass exodus of game development companies of any tier from Australia. Yep, because um, 2007 was, I think, the largest enrollment for game development at uh, universities. Mm, All those disappointing people. That was a big mistake. There you go. Wasn't sorry, useful and Sorry, disappointed people, I meant to say. Not disappointing people. <laughs> it was you. 
it was uni. I think there's an argument both ways for some of the people that you might be talking about. But no, 2009, Chrome laid off tons of people. And I actually thought they shut down. They basically went to hibernation for a while. And then they've popped up again. They haven't really come back fully. But um, around the same time, THQ Studios, uh, I think Australia, um, they around the same time they died, Pandemic... In 2008, they got bought by EA and shut down uh, because it's what EA does. And Pandemic were responsible for a whole bunch of stuff like uh, Destroyer Humans, both of the first two Star Wars Battlefront games. Um, yeah, right. All the big studios around 2009 just left mm. uh, and disappeared. There was a few. There was uh, 2K, 2K Games Australia who worked on Bioshock. They shut oh, down. Yeah. Um, so it was a sucky time for games development. Um, and then you had, you've got a couple of people that kind of just bided their time in the background. There's a, there's a company called Oran, uh, which I also believe is mm-hmm. Brisbane based. They were found in 1995. So it was pre-Chrome. They yep, made da- the game Dark Rain. Dark yeah. Rain. Yep. 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 With um, one of the best manuals ever. I, what? I don't remember the, I remember the game, not the manual. Mm-hmm. The manual, manual was fantastic. Was it yep. color? Was it one of those ones when you started the game, you had to turn the wheel and go to a certain page to be able to get no. into the game? <laughs> No, 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 no. The, the the manual was one of those things where um, you basically started, like, like it, was, it was almost a novel because it went That's into awesome. a lot of all like the background lore, but in a really detailed way. That was one of the best AIs for quite a while in that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and a side note, just because of what, what I mentioned before, to, to our younger listeners out there, way back in the early days of video gaming, when they didn't have DRM and they didn't have all these methods of copy protection, they had a really cool method of copy protection when you bought a game. You got the manual, and when you started the game, it would go, go to page 27 of the manual and read and type in what word you know 47 is. And that's how you prove that you had the game. And that form of copy protection is still more of a pain in the ass than anything nowadays and I think mm. worked better than anything they've tried to make nowadays. Yeah, Because no one could be bothered photocopying a 200-page manual. Um, I remember, I think it was Leisure Suit Larry had this complicated wheel where you'd like turn... It, it came with like a toy and you had to turn the wheel in a certain way and it would give you a code that you typed in. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. So there were a few studios that that hung around there. There was a company called Blue Tongue that's been around for ages. They made a game called The Blob on Wii. If you've ever played The Blob, um. Which um. I think, no. That was actually. a good game. Find you. You found your Wii. Played The Blob. It's yeah. Good. Nah. I have to find it. But I've either way, one. um. Around about 2007, 2008, all of this crap happened and everyone left gaming. And what it did was leave a whole ton of game developers unemployed. So the choice was go overseas and hope that you can get a job because keep in mind, still the GFC, that's kind of global. Um, Or stay here, do something else. Or stay here and start developing indie games. So this is... Basically, when Australia got this huge explosion of indie game developers and we started putting a lot of stuff on the um, app market. When that happened and all of the big studios started to shut down, not just in Australia, but overseas as well, it was a huge boost for the indie gaming market. And that's really when things like um, the App Store and Google Play and all that kind of stuff were really... They were there, they were around, but they really started to... No, no, exactly. Um. So yeah, good things come from huge 
awful things that happen. The other thing that's been responsible for birthing more indie gamers than anything else is EA, wandering around the world like an enormous dinosaur, eating every company they can come across, and then just firing everybody. Yeah, I don't understand that. Why do they do that? Are they just buying up IP that nobody cares They about? are bastards. That yeah, but they, is the but, reason. <laughs> but they seem to be doing it for the sake of doing it. Like the, what, There doesn't yeah. seem to be an underlying strategy there. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's like a game of risk. There's just a guy sitting in a room somewhere and going, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to fucking kill him. Um, mm. And just... Yeah, thwarting everyone. It's to get ownership of the IP. There's a lot of IP that EA has bought and done nothing with, and it's good IP. Um, but yeah, I've I've that Electronic Arts when they first started, I kind of liked them because they were more or less they were more or less indie back in the '90s. Everyone was indie. All games, Epic mm. Mega Games was a company. It was like four people in a basement in San Diego or something. Um, and when you ordered their games. You had to mail them money, and they would mail you a disc. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, but they were—they were some of the best games I've ever played too. I remember Load Runner. I have that somewhere on a drive somewhere. Yeah, that's how that's how they um did it. I that was Broaderbund, the educational guys that made uh the magic the castle of whatever the hell and the all the school games that you'd play while teachers were telling you to get off the computers. Um, but yeah, that was the age, a whole bunch of stuff. Like you had, um, the educational games like Carmen San Diego and stuff like that. And then you had Commander Keen, Halloween, Harry, Jill of the Jungle, the original Duke Nukem, which was spelt differently when that first came out. Nukem is spelt differently as it was now. There's a piece of useless trivia that you will um, go with you to your grave. Well, a uh, little bit of, uh, another news as well coming from, uh, the D&D world is there's a new release coming out. A new edition? Uh, no. Oh, no, okay. like I was a... just thinking, what? How did no, no, no. Yeah. So, so, okay, so it's a new hardcover. It's called Tales from the Yawning Portal. Um, basically, what it is, is it's, um, it's seven sort of mini adventures, um, but they're all based on the um, uh, really, really like well-known and like well-loved dungeons from the history of D&D. So some of okay. these go back. To, so some of these go back to like first edition D and D. Wow! Um, and that's coming out on the fourth of April, which should be very, very cool. Nice. You're going to be running that. Oh, I'm God, guessing yeah. you're going to be running that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> or else you're not up to date and you're a defunct, extinct. So anyway, over to the reviews. What did you review this week? I can't remember. Uh, yep. So I reviewed a uh, little mobile game which was fantastic, actually, called Lit the Torch. Um, so I'll, let, of... I'll let you light the torch first. I've got a tabletop game and a what? weird game to review. I see what you did there. Um, okay, so Lit the Torch is it's a, it's a puzzle game. Um, it's a fairly typical kind of um, platform puzzle on, on its surface, but it has a couple of really interesting twists in it. Um, so... 
First of all, it is a beautiful game. Like, ridiculously beautiful. Um, the sound is fantastic. Um, like, I thoroughly recommend um, playing it with, with headphones on. Um, cool. And the visuals on it are just incredibly smooth. But the way the game basically works is you have... You are... Uh, from what I can tell, you appear to be made of fire. Or at least your head is, right? So, you walk around and if you walk in front of a torch, it lights it. So, the, 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 the idea of the game is that you can jump up on these platforms and move around the environment. And when you walk past a torch, you light them. When you've lit them all, you move on to the next, the next level. Right, so really simple. But then they start adding things in like uh, time-based uh, elements. So um, you, as a as a character, you start having these like other memories, and then you can turn on memory mode, which gives you a box that goes over just part of the screen that you can move around, and that box will show different platforms. So if you leave the box in a certain place, it might give you a platform that you can stand on. But then if you move it off that platform, then, you know, you'll fall down because there's no longer a platform there. So you have this to kind of... reminds me of a game I played on Xbox. I can't remember the name of where you could, where you could muck with time. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I haven't, I, like, regrettably, I haven't gotten to play it a lot yet. Um, but, um, oh, man, it's, um, it's so much fun. Light the torch it, or lit the torch? Lit the torch. Lit the torch. Um, I have a feeling, they haven't explained it yet, but I have a feeling that um, it's like, it's actually a female character named Lit. So it's not... Okay. So, the, so it's not it's, bad grammar. It's just the name. It's the name of the character, Lit the Torch. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's um, uh, as a mobile game. Hmm. My problem with it is that you've got to really focus on it. It's not something that you can just sort of play, you know, intermittently. Um, it, you do need to you do need to focus on it. So, um, I would think it would be better as a PC game, but at the same time, maybe it wouldn't have the same appeal. Yeah. Okay. Still, I was I was looking at some screenshots of it before. It looks quite good. So I would advise everyone check that one out. So, what platform mm-hmm. did you play that on? Uh, I played it on iPhone. Cool. I, yeah. By the look of it, it's multi-platform, so you should be able to get that on anything you want. Yeah. Cool. Um, um, I'll drop. I'll do a drop here. I'm gonna drop it. Drop a thing in. I'm gonna drop a thing in between reviews <clears throat> because mm-hmm. I'm coming across more news as we're uh, as we're broadcasting, and some of these are drop-worthy between our reviews. So, uh, China's government is okay. What what news story that starts with the words "China's government" isn't funny <laughs> usually? Oh, it's usually hilarious. It's, yeah. isn't that, that's how a lot Depressingly of uh, stand-up hilarious. comics... So, yeah. Chi- yeah. China's government is proposing a ban of children under 18 playing games between midnight and 8am. That's uh, probably not a bad thing, because... Yeah. Uh, draft law would make it compulsory for computers and smartphones to be fitted with software that would track young night owls who flout the gaming ban and enact punishment. Yeah, that's, that's China's government. Um, yeah. Players are already required <laughs> to use their government IDs to register when playing online gaming sites. They can't access the rest of the internet anyway, can't they? They've got their own internet that's very insulated from everything else. Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. I know that, um, what is it? I think it's North Korea has kind of a similar thing going on, just a completely separate matter. Um, <clears throat> actually, did you, did you read the thing about the North Korea news reports about the, the space travel stuff? 
Space travel stuff. Okay, this is amazing. So what apparently happened is years and years ago, North Korea, um, like the news channels, I understand they've got a fairly insulated news network over there. So they don't really find out what's going around the world. They report their own stuff to their own population. So the government, in order to make them look really cool, made up a bit of a fib. And the bit of a fib, it was something like, oh, we've managed to launch this satellite that's gone up, you know, higher than anyone else. And they hadn't done it. Now, yeah, the yeah. problem is, in order to maintain this level of, wow, our government's amazing, look at what they're doing, they kept telling these additional fibs. Uh, and a few years ago, there's a video going around this, where on North Korean um, news television, they had this huge, big, proud announcement that North Korea had landed a person on the sun. <laughs> now, I if, think I did actually <laughs> hear about this. If you're listening, North Korea... As a, as a news outlet, um, I know this is the news that's responsible for it. You can't actually land on the sun. Not really. And there's if you did... A, there's yeah. a big part of me that starts to wonder whether, like, is the schooling system in North Korea very good? Because... I don't think it's that. Remember, everything that you know as a person is based on what's been fed to you around you. Like, yeah. i.e., right now... Right now, have you been to America personally in the past six months? Not six months. Okay, so so I pose you this theoretical question. How do you know that Donald Trump is real? Now, we're going to use Occam's razor here. Occam's razor said, mm. because billions of people are complaining about him. Yes, yeah, so the most likely, likely thought process is the guy's real and he's president of the United States. However, yeah, yeah. you could also pose the theory that America no longer exists and it's sunk beneath the ocean, and all of the news being fed to Australia right now is being artificially generated by bots. <laughs> and yeah. you couldn't... Sitting where you are right now, you couldn't immediately prove me wrong. I'm obviously wrong, because that's a very illogical thing to have happened. But yeah, so you, extending that, if you're in a country that's insulated from, from outside media, you only know what you've been told. So yeah, if you're that's told true. that you landed on the sun, well, you goddamn landed on the sun, and you need to be proud of that. Yeah, it just like, do you remember the um that like old like Irish joke about how like you know you're gonna have like, to be way more specific. Uh, the the one about how like you know Ireland announced that they were going to send a man to the sun, and someone in the audience said, "Well, hey, you're gonna land on the sun? It's too hot." And then they said, "Nah, we thought of that. We're gonna go at night." Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and and you have now explained how the media works uh, yeah. to everyone. So anyway, across from um, skipping away from <laughs> China's news, um, I reviewed a couple things this week. Now, the first one's a tabletop game that I actually got uh, about a month ago, mm. and it was initially for me to play with my daughter. So it's a family-friendly game. Um, bit of an unusual aside for this show, family-friendly. Uh, yeah. Now it's a game called Dragonwood. Dragonwood. Um, Dragonwood. Dragon yes. Dragonwood. Yes. It doesn't sound family friendly. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah, okay. Great. You've <laughs> ruined the game now. Okay, good. Okay, sorry. So anyway, the Go idea on. of this game Review is of Dragon this Cops. is a game with cards. This is a game with cards and dice. So it's immediately awesome. So the idea is <clears throat> you have two de- two decks and one deck has a range of different monsters and special weapons and two elder dragons, right? Which are yeah. in the woods. Now, you lay out five cards face up which have, you know, they might have a enemy that you can attack that has a certain amount of hit points or a item that you can obtain. 
Now, the way to obtain it or kill the enemy is by screaming at it, stabbing it, or stomping on it. So, each card has, this is how many points you need to be able to stab it, this is how many points you need to stomp it, this is how many points you need to beat it, you know, by screaming at it. And the, the, the numbers vary. So, what happens is, each round, you essentially draw a card, if you want to, or you can play some cards, from a pile of heroes. And the heroes are in four colors. So, you've got four decks like standard cards and go up to, I think, number 12, numbered cards. <clears throat> and you have kind of similar to poker, but a lot simpler. You have different things you can play. If you play three of the same, oh, two of the same color or more, so any of the same color, that yep. counts as, I think it's a scream. If you play two, uh, two or more of the same number, that's a stomp. If you play a run, so one, two, three, four, five of any color, that's a strike. So you actually hit them with, with your sword. And okay. however many cards you put down equals how many dice you can roll, thus how many points you have a chance of getting. So right. standard D6s. So if I put down three cards, the maximum that I could roll is 18. The minimum I could roll is three. Uh, but if you put down seven cards, you've got a much higher chance unless you get all ones and you suck. Um, so the goal yeah. of the game is to, once you've gotten through the hero deck, <clears throat> or once you've killed both of the dragons, you count up how many points each player has, and the bonuses don't have points, it's just the enemies you kill. The bonuses like give you extra to scream or stomp or attack or something like that. And yeah. then you basically rule from there who's won the game. I think it's uh, about four players would be the maximum you'd have with it. But it's a good okay. game. It's fun. Yeah, right. Like I know it's, it's a- like it's supposed to be it's like a kid friendly, but it's it's like munchkin, it's just fun. That does actually sound pretty good. Um and I believe it only came out at the end of last year, so it's a pretty new one. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, that might well, be definitely like worth playing. Yeah, I might have to uh might have to borrow that one off you and have <clears> You're welcome to. I will bring it into our studio. Uh and mm-hmm. we will uh we will play now, between, between this and the next review, I'll drop another little news story for you. I won't even read the rest of it. I'm just going to say the Nintendo Switch has announced that there could be a huge online multiplayer table title that will launch when it launches. I have another bit of uh, Switch news as well. <laughs> uh, the aforementioned news that uh, uh, The Binding of Isaac was going to be a game, uh, it is now... Not going to be a game. It's uh, it's been re- withdrawn from the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're having some difficulty getting developers <laughs> behind them, aren't they? And I think this might be because of the Wii U. No. What are you talking well, about? I think it might. That was a... Yeah. Well, let's see how many other titles pull out. They launch in like a week, man. Yeah, I know. This is not a good time to be pulling out. I'm wondering if the writers of uh, Binding of Isaac were actually just trolling Nintendo. I went, yeah, Nintendo. yeah, we've got it. Yeah, we've finished it. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Have you played it? Yeah, it's a weird game. It's a good game, though. It's good, yeah, but it's really weird. You know what it actually reminds me of? You know Hell. that um, Kitten Squad? That's what it reminds me of. Oh. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's bizarre. But, you know, Kitten Squad has more weapons. That's, yeah. Once again, that, that game, Kitten Squad, confuses me a little bit. It's but um, on, on the subject of confusing weird games, that brings us to my second game that I uh, reviewed. Now, yeah. I'm going to start by asking you this question. Have you ever, like ever, have you ever wanted 
in a in you know a dream or just daydreaming one day to buy a really really shit car and drive across Eastern Europe. Yes. This is the game for you because <laughs> that is exactly what this game. Now it's in early access. Um, this is an odd game. Uh, I think I enjoyed it. So let me describe what this is. You start and you get woken up by a very weird-looking fella. This is this. The graphics in this are kind of a bit like that Unturned game we played except if the characters were a lot more well-defined. So they're still flat polygon colors, but the models have a lot more polygons, if that makes sense. So things are yeah, a right. bit a bit sleeker and the lighting's a bit better and stuff like that. Um, in places, in places it looks like a game that was made, you know, in the early 90s, uh, before yep. there was an engine for anything. <clears throat> but um, you start by being woken up by who I'm assuming is a friend of yours, um, for some reason, you're sleeping in a bed next to the mechanical workshop in a junkyard, as yep. you do, uh, and who I'm assuming a friend wakes you up wearing the loudest jacket I've ever seen. The jacket is amazing. The texture moves as he walks around. It's a dizzying jacket. Um, yeah, right. And he basically goes, wake up, wake up. I've got something really cool over here that you need to check out. Now, the first thing that struck me is they haven't recorded any voice for this game. So, everything that this character says to you sounds like a guy trying not to vomit. Right. It's really bizarre. So, you get a speech bottle that comes up, but the sound you hear is... Like, that. I don't know what they were going for, but it sounds like the voice actor's just about to hurl. Like, it's kind of like a boomer when he's not really feeling that great. It's just... It's really strange. What the fuck? So, um, <laughs> continuing the tradition of strange, he takes you out at the um to the yard, and there is a really crappy car that kind of looks like that one that Homer designed in The Simpsons, like his oh, super yeah, yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. car, except without the dome. And um, it's sitting there up on bricks with no engine. And he says, "Okay, I've got you this car. It's the what is it? It's the Lisek. It's the the uh, Leica six hundred one." Or like a 701. It's a fictional yeah. car. Um, and he says, I got you this and you can restore it and then, you know, drive across Eastern Europe as you always wanted to do, obviously. The first thing you need to do is put an engine in it. And so using all the mechanical skill you have, you literally go and pick up bits of an engine and throw them into the front of the car. Um, which makes an engine that surprisingly works. You then pour fuel into <laughs> it, fi- find a door on a junk heap, attach it, attach tires to it, Get in it. And he goes, here's a map. You'll need this. Here's the manual. You'll need this. Uh, yep. Have fun. Bye. And promptly disappears. Um, like he's what? sitting in the passenger seat and you turn back and he's gone. So I'm going, this is kind of weird. Okay. And then you, dr- then you drive off across Eastern Europe. Now, the only goal in this game is to make it to your destination and you can choose which route you want to take and then you follow it um, and basically make it there without dying or something like that. Along the way, you will break down frequently, run out of fuel frequently, run out of water even more frequently, and have to replace tires and things like that. Now, to add to the fun, you also run out of food and there's limited space in the trunk of your car. So you have to be very careful what tools and supplies and food you take with you, lest you die or break down and then have to walk for three hours to a gas station. And then walk back in the rain to fix the car. 
So it's basically an adventure nightmare about a really bad car that breaks down all the time. Um, I'm sorry. Th- hang on. So can we just skip to a rating <laughs> real quick on this one? I'm not going to rate it yet because uh, <laughs> it's more I want to describe first. Um, no, I- I'll tell you why. The game. Go on. I'll I'll tell you the game's flaws, and what I've described aren't flaws. I'm going to tell you what the game's actual flaws are. The first floor is. There's no easy to discern control system. I had to look on the internet to work out what the controls were. That was annoying. Okay. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Okay. It was was a bit of discovery there, but discovery was mashing keys until my car stopped working because I accidentally pulled something out of it. Um, Discovery is discovery. The weird thing is this. I went, okay, I'm driving. I've broken down. I'll fix it like that. And... I think I enjoyed it, but in a very strange way. I kind of went, okay, yeah, I don't really understand this is going, and I quit. But about five minutes later, I went, oh, maybe there was a bit over there. I'll find it and put it back in the car. And they went, oh, I got the car working. I'll go on a bit longer. I was like, I broke. Oh, I got it working again. I'll, um, right. I'll, I'll, I'll go on a bit. And it repeated, and I found myself continually drawn back to the game, even though it, I didn't really know what it was going. The other problem is I have no idea how to bring up the map. I've chosen a route. I don't know how to follow it because I can't get to the map. That was a problem. So I've been driving aimlessly across Eastern Europe. So this sounds like a bit like Daisy. It is. Except it's it's very very weird. What are you doing? What? What are you doing? Who? What's escaped the system? It's a, another game. I'm trying to tell you about a game, and you're sitting on Steam playing games. Don't think oh, I can't not- see you. Here you I- are. <laughs> Fuck, in-game, construct, <laughs> escape the system demo. No, no, it's a, it's Lawyered, a game. again. <laughs> no, it's, it's a game that I'm going to review. You're, you're playing, you found the game now and you're playing it so you can review it now. Yeah. That's not effective. Do it next week. Give it a chance. Yeah. Unless it's terrible. Oh, it, it is. But anyway, it, no, it I, I, I don't know how to give this game a rating because I don't know to, what to rate it on. It's it's more of an experiment, I think, than a game. And the yeah. developer is a developer that's worked on like the F1 series and all these other big car games as well. So it's really, really bizarre. I immediately try- started trying to drive it like Need for Speed. That doesn't work. Because you can get up to quite a speed, but if you hit anything, you're dead immediately. So it's quite realistic in that sense. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, but So what was this game called? It's called Jalopy. Jalopy. Okay. Um, it's been on Steam so, for a little while. I've been so, following it. It's been very strange. So I, I'm not sure if you like experimental games. I think it's probably worth checking out. But I would also probably wait and see what happens post early access. Now I know the thing about waiting to see what happens post early access. There's always the risk no one will buy it in early access, thus the game never gets finished anyway. So isn't um okay? Well, hang on. Isn't uh what should we call it? Um. Isn't, isn't it? Hey, no, no, no. The word jalopy. Isn't yeah. the word jalopy like a very like American word? Jalopy is a very American word, and it means a car that is crap or a dilapidated car, essentially. Um, yeah, but it's a known English word. I'm not sure the origins of it. Let's find out. Word origin. Uh, mm. Yeah, US origin 1920. Or unknown. 
Thanks, Wikipedia, for giving me crystal clear information <laughs> once again that's been cited by professionals. Oh, <laughs> the, um, oh the, the, um, the, the, the best one I looked up yesterday, because I couldn't remember if, if bi-monthly meant twice per month or ah, once both. every two months. It's both. both. How it's annoying! Both. How annoying is that? Never say <laughs> bi-monthly. It could mean anything. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's really annoying. So far, we have we given any of our games ratings this week? I'm going to no. give Jalopy two, but not because it's bad, because it, it needs work and it's confusing. It so sounds it's, it's like fun. Two and a half. I, I would play that. Score. That sounds like my kind of like, uh, what you call it? Um, uh, it sounds like my kind of like exploration. Yeah, I would give, that. I would give Lit the Torch, uh, five nap hugs. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's a beautiful game. I mean, it's a look. It's it's a it's a Chinese game. So yeah. there's so I mean, Chinese games generally are really pretty games. A. I think that wraps us up for this week. Unless you have any new Switch bombs to drop, any new Switch news? Uh yes, I do. Hang on. Uh, so drop my- a Switch bomb. Cool. Okay. So surprise, surprise, they're dumping their current user ID system. That was because it was How- terrible. However, you can go onto Nintendo's online services and register your new name. So if um if you ever want to get in Aww. and get like um I don't know Donald Trump for example and play as Donald Trump, Trump now's the time to do it. I can't see any defensible reason why someone would want to do that. Yeah, and some of the most boring news to do a switch that I think I've ever seen. Uh, there's been a wild. Wild accusation. Big W is going to have cheaper Nintendo Switch games. Than Target. Than Target. Yes, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I saw that very much so. But that always happens. Yeah. Always. Uh, and it, um, I'm not oh. promoting Big W here because I have no affiliation with them whatsoever. But every game they sell is generally cheaper than everywhere else. Yeah. And um, it looks like Square Enix are also trolling Nintendo Switch because they've told them that they're, they're considering uh, uh, developing Final Fantasy XIV for Nintendo Switch. They're not going to. They're not going to no. do that. Of course they're, they're not. not. They're just going to pull out Everyone's trolling Nintendo right now. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, when Nintendo presents stuff, you know the, the guy the, the guy that runs Nintendo when he... I can't remember his name. Um, when he's up on stage at uh, E3 and stuff like that, he always looks so happy. He looks like he has just come out of a room and smoked a ton of weed. It's because they He's think they're doing good so things. so happy. But, yeah. but they're not. <laughs> just like, they, they were. They were. They had a really good season. But man, no, he's just he's so excited. He's more excited than you are most of yeah. the time. And look, You're always excited. Uh, that's true. And look, they... Um, I don't know. Okay, there is one thing as well that they're doing, which I think is dumb. Um, I think it's a really stupid move and it's going to turn people off the Nintendo Switch. Is it safe to say, would you agree that Nintendo Switch doesn't really have anything really pushing people to get it? Like, it's nothing Nintendo compelling. Switch... Okay. The okay, Wii? Yes or, the yes Wii no. had a different control system. No, 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 the no, Switch? No, no, no. No, no, no. Yes, yes or no, does the Nintendo Switch have anything that's compelling that's going to make people go, yes, <laughs> I was want expl- to get it? I was explaining how emphatic my no is. Give me a moment. <laughs> <laughs> The Wii had a control system, right, that was unique um, at the time. And that's why it did really unique well. Unique is not always Wii, good. The, yeah, but they tried something and it worked. They hit a market that hadn't been met before, which was casual gaming 
on a console. That didn't exist before they did that. So that's that's that's, that's why garbage. the Wii, the original Wii, did that's really really well. Garbage. That's did not garbage. That? It is. Like Nintendo sixty four, for example. Like, I know, I realize it's still Nintendo. No, 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 um, no that's not Mario what I'm Party. About. I'm not talking about gamers. I'm talking about people Rayman. that aren't gamers. Yeah, the okay, Nintendo yeah, yeah. Wii. The Nintendo Wii launched into a bunch of different markets. Some of them were alternative fitness. If you remember, they, they got yeah, the Wii whole, Fit. They they got a completely different gem- demographic, which was women between the ages of. Uh, it's like 15 and 45. And they also picked up a much larger older demographic at the time because this was when we were still, you know, late mid to late 20s. But they yeah. managed to pick up late 30s gamers because those people weren't gamers. They didn't play consoles or anything like that. That became a family entertainment system. Little kids played it with old older parents and stuff like that. That's how they hit that niche. Now, the yeah. Wii U, they tried to do the same thing again, but they'd already hit the niche and other platforms had kind of pushed them out of it. So... That didn't go anywhere. The Switch, they've tried to go back to their hardcore console market. The problem they have is they have exclusives, but the exclusives are only games that they make themselves. No studio will make an exclusive for that platform because of the risk involved with it. Yeah, true. Because I think okay. the uh, they've only sold, I think it's like 3 million or 13 million uh, Wii U's ever. Um, and you look at like the uh, mobile gaming, like tablet-based gaming, like iPads and stuff like that, they sell like hundreds of millions of those quarterly. So they, they're, yeah, they're, they're way down there. But yeah, either way, it doesn't have anything compelling. They've given it a control system that's a little bit nifty. It's kind of cool, but it's not really compelling. And the, the selling point for that is, oh, I'm playing on the TV and I can pick the screen up on a controller, and I can walk off, and I can continue playing my game elsewhere. Yeah. Now, if um, you're gonna, okay, that's fine. On. You can still do that mechanic with <laughs> other devices. Though. Okay. 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 Here's a here's a fun here's a fun fact for you. No, it's not. Um, the terrible. Wii U, the Wii U sold roughly since 2012. So in four years, have sold roughly the same number of units as the Sega Master System. Masters was awesome, although that was a long time ago. Um, another a, another system that almost sold as many Wii U's that have been sold in four years was the 1987 release of the NEC Turbo Graphics. That's, that machine was boss, man. <laughs> Every street corner had a kid playing that. <laughs> yeah, the GameCube. I think we can agree. The GameCube sold almost twice as many Wii U's. Oh, the great the GameCube was pretty good though. Um, still though. Yeah, so. The, the, I think I was really hoping that it would be a return to form for Nintendo, but they've made a couple key mistakes that lots of people have highlighted thus far already, okay. and it's pre-launch. That's the problem. Like, okay, okay, okay. okay. So, so, see so how anyway, so anyway, anyway, would you agree that uh, that they they there's nothing really compelling to go to the Switch? Not no, really. no, no, okay. nothing. If you're a hardcore Nintendo lover, sure, but no. No, oh, yeah, but how could you be? If really? you're just a generic gamer, okay. unless you have a burning desire to play Mario or Zelda, nope. Okay, so they have made the decision to do a dual release of the new Zelda game on the Wii U and the Wii Switch. It's not a Wii Switch. Oh, whatever, Nintendo Switch. A Wii um, Switch? That's the worst. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> just, um, just, I, just 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 wander up to a urinal, hey buddy. <laughs> the wing switch. Wing switch. Uh, <laughs> there's your advertising guy with John Cena. <laughs> yeah, I can see John Cena. Yeah, where's Switch? Okay, but yeah, no, no. Okay, so the yeah they're releasing um the, the new Zelda game that's coming out, which is like, it actually looks pretty good. I would say actually, you know what? I know it looks that's, good. That's the reason to buy. New Nintendo systems, yeah, is to get well, see, the new Zelda. The but Zelda now, games were always really good, but, but don't release it on removed, Wii U. They've now removed the need to do that. No, they haven't. Yes, they have. You'd have be- to buy a Wii U. No, but if you, I already have a Wii U, right? And my yes, maybe, maybe my one my reason point for maybe- is that the the other people apart from the twelve or so that have bought the Wii U don't have it, so it's more compelling to buy the Switch because it's. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. better. It's better. Yeah. yeah Either way, I, I think we can agree that we'll see what happens after March 4th and what reviews come on. Maybe it's going to be the most amazing console of all time. Who knows? Um, people were really confused by the Wii when it came out, came out but I, they did uh, something new with that. They haven't done anything new with this. I do not believe that will be the case. Well, we'll get your votes <laughs> on. Let's see if Sportsbet's doing anything. Sportsbet was uh, doing things... Sports bet? Yeah, sports bet the other day um, where people could place bets on the uh, month in which Donald Trump will get impeached. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can bet on anything. Let's bet on how long it takes the Wii U to fail. Not the Wii U. Nintendo Switch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think, I think I'm the sorry. Wii- I'm, getting, I'm getting their range of now unimpressive products all mixed up. The Wii Switch has already failed. We're talking about... the. the re- I think the reason as well that I'm giving... So much ra- rage in what I'm saying now is I kind of liked them. I lo- I want Nintendo to do well because I have really good memories of stuff, but they keep doing things that are counterproductive yeah. to their own. But I always have hope. That's why I'm constantly disappointed. And on that note, <laughs> until next week, everyone, uh, enjoy all the games that you play because by the sound of it, lots of them uh, involve driving across Eastern Europe. Oh, well. There you yeah. Go. This is Puck. <laughs> this is QL. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>